Are you ready for conquering the promised land where giants are overcome by faith? This is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. If we're serious about preserving biblical truth for our children and grandchildren, then we will reclaim our legacy that is cast on our American Liberty Bill, saying, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof, from Leviticus 25.10. Bible tells us that to whom we yield ourselves as servants to obey, it's obvious that you have declared who your master is. Paul uses that plain observation in Romans 6.16 to contrast the mastery of sin with the mastery of righteousness. But there are many applications of this principle. Jesus observed that discipleship is a lifelong training enterprise when he said in Luke 6, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Jesus is not only our teacher, he's also our master, our Lord. What's the first commandment God gave to Moses? Have no other gods before me. In our complex lives, we're constantly being tempted by various seducing means like intimidation and carnal lusts to obey and give our allegiance to all sorts of other gods. Whose words are we spending our time listening to? The news media? Frivolous and ungodly secular entertainment? Egotistical celebrities who give no credit to God for their success? Teachers who actually believe senseless, insane lies? Even people who claim to follow Christ spend many hours daily filling their minds with meaningless drivel and then give a few minutes of lip service and during a, maybe a Sunday sermon with virtually no reflection for their personal application. They let themselves be conned by TV ads for drugs with all sorts of life-threatening side effects and give no time to prove all things, doing some research to see what natural or holistic ways might correct their physical problems. They listen uncritically to the seductive ads for compromised foods and filth-filled Hollywood shows. Then, after years of drinking these kinds of poison, they wonder how to correct the problems of their devastated children and families. Increasingly, we who claim Jesus Christ as our Lord, our Master, should be convinced of the truth that we are bought with a price. We're commanded to therefore glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belong to God. We're called to come out from among them and be separate. We're a chosen generation, a holy nation, and a people for God's own possession. And he has a special purpose in doing that. It's so that you should demonstrate the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is the legacy of God's people. It's for all of us. And it's not just for our personal victory. It's all about building his kingdom, expanding his influence as the king of all kings. We have individual assignments in that centuries-long conquest. Don't call yourself a follower of Jesus if you're not willing to earnestly work hard to meditate on his word daily. You're capable of letting his Holy Spirit guide the choices of your life to glorify your creator who redeemed you, aren't you? If you belong to Christ, you have relinquished ownership of your choices to him. You refuse to cave in to the temptations of the devil. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you don't fail daily to do what you know your conscience tells you to do. But that doesn't keep you from getting up off the floor when you fall down and keep moving forward as God gives you the strength. Christians should inherently know 
and be firmly convinced that everything they have is from God. James describes God as the father of lights who gives his children every perfect gift, even our very breath. And that's why he's called providence. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And his grace, his gifts, provide all that we need in this life, plus the confident expectation, the hope of eternal life through our Redeemer, Jesus the Messiah. But what is the purpose of all this extraordinary grace? Don't think for a minute that it is to create a, a heavenly family of spoiled brats. He's expecting us to be disciples. That means disciplined ones. Why do you think a young man or woman needs to be trained with rigorous discipline as we develop skills for living and learning how to prosper honestly in the world? Let's remember there's a target for us. It's to create a legacy for the next generation. But we have mountains that challenge us to conquer them. The mountainous influences of this world are the very territory Jesus took authority over as king of all kings. They're like gateways to the pit of hell itself. And Jesus said he gave his true followers the keys to open the doors of influence and overcome every gateway to hell's dominion. Canaan was the promised land God's chosen people were to follow their commander Joshua into, and they had to fight with God's help for every fortified city in the land. In Jesus Christ, we're commanded by our commander to conquer every enemy, trusting him to win the victory in his strength, not in our material weapons alone. The irony is that he still expects us to bravely do our part in the ongoing battle. Christ's chosen disciples, you and me, are called and assigned to be soldiers who entrust our entire lives to the king of the universe. Like David, we learn that our Lord teaches our hands to do the task required for victory, to do battle. We double down into the disciplines that make us mature soldiers, willing to bravely risk our lives for the sake of others. We feed the hungry, we clothe the naked, we shelter the homeless, we heal the sick and teach the ignorant. Do whatever it takes and whenever it's required to be the hands and feet of our Savior to bring glory to our Heavenly Father by letting Him reveal His strength through our obedience. The obvious enemies of God, devoted to those on the left, do not want biblical principles, morals, and ideals controlling America. They reject our Christian roots, disagree with the standards and principles of Scripture, and would ridicule our observation that God raised up America for the purpose of proclaiming liberty throughout all the land through salvation in Christ. They have completely dishonored and rejected Him, and that's the only reason we would engage in spiritual warfare for the purity of our elections. It's not for a man. It's for God's cause on the earth. As long as we keep this as our motivation, God will fight for us. Our criticism isn't only of those on the left. Many on the right, Republicans and conservatives, are unwilling to stand up and fight in this battle. They're self-serving cowards. They have no understanding of or interest in God's purpose for America. Their governance ignores him and his ways. Since they do not align with the God-given vision of our founding fathers, they do not meet the true definition of an American patriot. They're self-serving and fear-filled politicians. They dishonor the efforts and memory of the true patriots God used to establish America. Having traded patriotism for privilege and Christ's cause for a career, 
they're unwilling to make a stand. As soldiers, we realize we are constantly involved in a war for the souls of others, not just to rescue them from the danger of destruction, but to train, disciple them for the work of expanding the kingdom of our master. It's not just a personal battle. It's a kingdom battle. We're a thankful small part of the big operation in this global war. He called his ecclesia, his church, his family of committed soldiers to equip themselves with the tools of victory found in the wisdom of his word. Think of Psalm 33. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him on those who hope for his loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Let thy loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, according as we have hoped in thee. Let that be your prayer today. See how the principle of training to be a warrior is for the sake of expanding our master's kingdom. I want you to see a very practical fact of life in this supposedly free country of ours. For President Trump or any representative of the American people in the Congress to not aggressively defend the integrity of every legal vote in any election by following our Constitution is immoral, dishonest, ungodly, and disgraceful. But worse yet, it rightfully deserves the full vengeance of not only the American rule of law, but of Almighty God himself. Jesus set our example. It's completely acceptable and appropriate for every God-fearing citizen of a constitutional republic to exercise their duty in every possible way. They must strongly but respectfully voice their disdain and disapproval for every cowardly civic non-leader or hypocritical religious prelate who does not publicly voice their contempt for the disregard of the rule of law and the civil order of God's biblically designed for society. We don't condone personal vengeance or mob violence, but we must protect self-defense and community rule of law. If it is an act of terrorism to willfully destroy your property and take your life or steal your belongings, isn't it also an act of terrorism when a corrupt governor destroys the livelihoods of millions of people based on nothing but false fear and junk science hype? When governments become terrorists to their own people, don't the people have the right to stop that terrorism? Stopping a lawless criminal government by force is not in itself a lawless act. Is it not an act to restore the rule of law? And if the supreme courts of any nation won't stop the lawlessness, corruption, and fraud, then the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, particularly in America, quite soberingly place the responsibility for resolving the situation on the shoulders of we, the people. In America, there are perhaps a hundred million plus patriotic, law-abiding citizens who have at least some moral conscience and respect for Almighty God, even if not all of them have a personal witness of salvation through Jesus Christ. It may be common for many to focus on the bad things that get most of the public's attention in society, but Christian people need to be educated, informed, inspired, and given hope about the good things that God is doing through his servants in the world. This is just as valuable as our need to bring hope to those who are desperately without hope in their lost condition without Christ. 
In a time when a great crisis and calamity grips the entire world, any Christian who does not see the opportunity for laborers to work in God's ripe harvest field is obviously missing something. Do you really think that God will stand still while the whole world of relatively peaceful and harmless people is being deliberately harmed by a coup of illegitimate, deceitful imposters? Just because wicked immorality has abounded among the enemies of God and his biblical order doesn't mean that God has ceased in his righteous defense of the godly who are earnestly trying to follow the ways of God and civil order as best they can, crying out to God for his deliverance and protection. We need to remind ourselves of something. Be careful in your judgment when you hear people say God would have to apologize to Sodom for its divine judgment if he allows a modern nation or state that's overcome by wicked rulers and the proliferation of evil to endure. Think what is completely different now. Jesus has finished his work of redemption. Jesus has been given the keys to hell and death. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has millions of new creation Christ followers living on earth today. That wasn't the case back in the days of Sodom. They are, these disciples of Jesus, discovering the authority Jesus has given them to use the weapons of spiritual warfare to subdue principalities and dominions that are operating in the affairs of the present systems of the world. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of our Heavenly Father. Jesus is interceding for his saints, his chosen people. Jesus promised that both the wheat and the tares, weeds, don't miss it, both the wheat and the tares will be allowed to grow up together until the harvest of judgment on the earth that is a time known only to God the Father. On a personal level, we all must allow God to convict us of personal sin. We all must seek God personally with a whole heart. We all have areas of our lives in which we must trust God for his help with our willing repentance but God's Son, Jesus, the only Messiah of all mankind, is the rightful king over all earthly kings. His rule must be recognized by those who claim to follow him as the sheep of his pasture. And whether they like it or not, the goats of the world's nations will be rightfully separated and judged by the supreme king that they refuse to obey. His will, his purposes, and his agenda will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. And that is the way his people are commanded to pray for the present time. Not just dreaming about the faraway future millennial kingdom. Remember that Christ said he would build his ecclesia, his assembly of adopted children that we refer to as the church. And the influential gates of hell will not overcome his invading army of obedient soldiers who are working to plant the seeds of the good news everywhere. When law-abiding citizens and the weaker members of society are not fiercely protected from the tyrannically destructive decisions of governing officials who are exceeding their proper and constitutional jurisdictions, the general public must rightfully stand together in defiance as peacefully as possible. Regardless of their private sectarian theologies, true Christians will always be sensitive to personal humanitarian needs that they are able to meet without expecting government to help society for those needs. True Christians will always defer to Scripture for clarification of their duties within their societies. No generation of Christians in the modern era, since the Great Reformation of the 16th century, 
has embraced that kind of worldview and ethics more manifestly than the founding generation of America, those who wrote the Constitution of the United States of America. Despite all her historic flaws and the massive amount of evil that has been committed by enemies of God in our American society, the nation of America has been used by God in remarkably influential ways to expand the gospel of God's kingdom and bring so much goodness, health, and prosperity to the world. What do you think will increasingly happen as more and more modern American Christians wake up and realize the abundant opportunities that they are being given right now? Outside the walls of corrupted institutions, the organic family of God's humble messengers are bringing the light of the world to expose the darkness and the salt of the world to reverse its putrid rottenness. More and more people are waking up to the fact that compared to the epidemic plagues of history, like the 14th century Black Death that wiped out nearly 50% of Europe's population, the current so-called China virus pandemic does not even qualify as a mild epidemic. The recent statistical analysis of all causes of death in America amounted to about the same total number in 2020 as the number of those who died in 2019 before anyone ever heard of the COVID-19 virus. That fact helps us realize that politically correct, corrupt politicians and the globalist-run mainstream media have conveniently ignored the death counts from seasonal flu and even heart disease and accidents to deceptively inflate the numbers reported to be caused by the plague. This is not to say that the unusual sickness isn't tragic for the less than one-half of one percent of those who contract the disease and die, but compared to the percentages of fatalities due to other contagious diseases, this current one is really anything but historic. What is historic is the public pandemic of fear that has plagued society worldwide. And this is happening only because the constant drumbeat of propaganda has convinced superstitious people to believe that a cloth face covering will magically help society. Why? Because their false god, called the government, has proclaimed it's essential. But their small businesses are not essential. Remember, whatever power you yield yourselves to obey, that is the power that owns you. This is not to say that, as a society, we don't have an appropriate responsibility to comply with the laws of an orderly government. But just like our American founders defined in our birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of the certain unalienable rights that are endowed by their creator, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish that government. With all the treasonous corruption that's being openly revealed to the American public, and that has been patiently tolerated for all too long, it's now realized by true patriots that it's past time for justice and accountability to be demanded of our governing officials. Pastor Dutch Sheets, on January 2nd, 2021, shared a prayer suggestion with his Give Him 15 listeners. He reminds us that God will use a remnant filled with his brave heart. Here's what he said. We must end the delusional thinking that it takes a majority to change things. It does not. That kind of thinking can demoralize us. We think thoughts like, what can we do? We will never get everyone to work together and do this. However, 
We must understand that in the kingdom of God, though we may be smaller in number, the odds are in our favor. In God's battles, numbers don't decide victories, and they never have. Passionate devotion is the deciding factor. What we need more than numbers are passionate warriors who will not give up the fight. Why? Because the battle belongs to the Lord. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will fill us, be with us, be in us, and that he would always give us the advantage. Christ uses a remnant of high-impact people with courage and resolve who are anointed by the Holy Spirit to become history changers. This is the era for the remnant warriors, history makers, to arise and be who God says we are. We are to do what God says we can do. In the American Revolution, only a third of the people in the young colonies were patriots. One-third were loyalists. They supported the British throne and its bully government. Forty percent didn't care either way. Sadly, it's the same today, even in the nominal church. Too many just don't care. The remnant is bearing the burden alone, and this is causing needless hardship and delay. But it won't stop us. More than numbers, the early patriots had a depth of conviction that we are going to have to display in 2021. We must. They were unflinching in their resolve, committed to freedom and liberty, they had faithful endurance, passion, and heart for a cause that would bless their children and future generations of children. Sacrifice was embraced as a virtue. It was honorable, and they changed their moment of history. Because of their resolve, we are the United States of America with a solid Republican form of government that has lasted more than 200 years. It's consistent throughout Scripture that God only needs a remnant. Consider Gideon's 300. They faced thousands, though they were not many. God anointed them to win a battle that restored seven years of lost harvest. There were only 120 at the upper room. Immediately, they waited for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they were not many, but they were enough and turned their whole world upside down. Miracles were prevalent and a great harvest occurred. They defined their moment in history. The church was birthed. The remnant God has to work with today is far more than 120. It's millions Think of the stand we can make in this new era. We can change a nation. We can change our world. And we must never get to a point where we think God can't do a particular thing. He sometimes uses only hope, as he did when he gave David the ability to kill Goliath and save Israel. Think what he can do through millions. I not only believe he can do something, I believe he will. Like David, bravely confronting Goliath, who had all the king's soldiers cowering in fear, God's men today must decree openly to the powers that be, you confront me with all your deceptive fear, but we come against you in the name of the God of angel armies, the God of America's patriot founders whom you mock. This very day, God is handing you over to us, and the whole earth will know that there's an extraordinary God in America's Ecclesia Church, and everyone with eyes to see will learn that God doesn't save by means of courts or politicians. The battle belongs to God. He's crushing your plan and destroying your influence through our King Jesus in this time for his glory. May men of God arise for such a time as this and share this message by going to reclaimyourlegacy.com and donate there if you've been encouraged to keep up the good fight, to carry on this word for God's glory. This is Dennis Peterson. I look forward to being with you next time.